Welcome to another episode of Over Underrated. It is I, Fran. This week we are discussing new wave bands with the Cars from America and Indochine from Paris. I think that's how you pronounce it. You'll probably hear a better pronunciation from Babs coming up. We split this into two parts because we just love chatting about music too much. Babs made a brilliant 10 track playlist for the Cars, so we discuss each track. And then at the end, we shall let you know if we think they are over or underrated. So, on to the podcast. Oh, hang on. Yeah, what are we calling this podcast? <laughs> Was it over underrated? Over underrated. Sous évalué. Il va Welcome to another episode of Over Underrated. It is I, Fran, and I'm here with my co-host. How are you doing, Babs? Greetings, Fran. I am doing well. I have just opened a bottle of organic Syrah wine, so I can already see on the record that my cheeks are flushed. I'm wearing a red top. It's all going great for me this evening. Oh, Syrah, Syrah. Hey! hey. New marketing <laughs> campaign there and then. Uh, how about yourself? Well, I am drinking uh, Pepsi Max Cherry with some Kraken Black Spice Rum. Oh, fancy pantsy. And it's not even dark, guys. (laughs) This is where my life is at. Well, do you want to hear the the more decadent thing I did today? So I went for lunch today with with my friend Alice and I had a limoncello as dessert. So Mm. I am on my way. I'm a decadent continental European and happy to be one. And uh, we have a, a European continental theme today as well. Well, half of it. Half of it, indeed. Uh, mm. So um, the theme today is New Wave, which is a, it definitely applies to both of the bands that we're talking about, but maybe reduces them a little bit. And uh, we're going to be questioning whether the cars are overrated. And I will be introducing Fran to the French band Andochine. Uh, as underrated but yeah i have to say so i made both the playlists today and this is the longest i have ever taken to prep and uh make the playlists i will i will get into why so definitely a labor of love from us today guys and hopefully it is worthwhile fingers crossed don't let us know if it's not so i mean we we picked the car how i i i think you picked the cars fran right when we were discussing mm. what to pair with Andersheen, why yeah why why did you why did you pick the cars even though i, I did the playlists yeah <laughs> so obviously i i would say this is controversial maybe but i think the best era of music is 1978 to 1983 that i think that's read all of my favorite bands began or were involved in so we've got the smiths to cure the push mode new order duran duran etc etc you two psychedelic first talk talk you know all of the bands that have affected me the most in my life have come from that era the cars also from that era but i always knew like for two big song- songs drive and best friend's girl etc etc but i've never really dived deep into it and i thought at some point in my life, I must have tried to listen to the cars because it's there's no reason why I wouldn't have tried to you know, get inside the car. Even with a crowbar. An awful, awful uh, joke. <laughs> um, so I thought there must have been a reason why I haven't delved deep. I must have been put off for some reason. So I know they're like massive in America and in the UK. I don't know about Europe, but in the UK, they're kind of known for like two songs, literally. So I thought, okay, they do massive business in America. So, you know... Are they, do they deserve to be that big? So literally I thought, you know, I 
should probably give them another dive. So why don't you use this podcast and see if they're overrated? That's what, yeah, that's where I was at. Yeah. So where I was at was, or where I thought I was at before doing this was that I knew their big songs, but I also knew their debut album. And I, I really enjoyed it, especially a couple of songs from it. And I thought, okay, well, this is a really good opportunity. Fran doesn't know them either. Like, let me do a, you know, a Martin Ostwick and a Chris Webb and go and listen to all of the albums to, mm-hmm. to make a playlist because, hey, why the fuck would you not do that when you have a podcast, right? Uh, but actually, from talking to a uh, previous guest, Paolo, aka my father, uh, turns out that my parents actually owned quite a few cars. So they owned Candio and The Greatest Hits. And my dad even gifted a Rick Ocasek solo album to my mum in Christmas 86. Okay. So does that mean that they're bigger in Portugal? Than they were big know? enough in Portugal for, yeah. for my parents to be aware of it. Because, yeah, I mean, that was, yeah, they were still in Portugal then. They... It was it was the late seventies, so yes, it, at least in Portugal, they they were big enough for for my parents to to know them, and I guess that's maybe why I gelled with them so much because you know having listened to all seven albums, there was this weird kind of I didn't know the songs, but there was maybe a bit of a familiarity, and that might be in part because you know that they they have a clear sound, but you know my, you know according to my dad, kind of they they did play them. You know, a reasonable amount. So maybe I listened to it when I was a kid and then just kind of forgot about them. But yeah, I knew very little about the band apart from, you know, I knew what Rick Ocasek looked like and the fact that he married this uh, supermodel when he met her aged 18 because she was in the drive video. But I thought they, they have they have a very interesting blend of sounds because they have this clear kind of 70s guitar rock uh, bed, who knows, bass, but also they're using synths. And it was another band, you know, a bit like um, Japan, same era where it's like, wow, you sound like pure 80s and you're not even in the 80s yet, which I think is, mm. is really impressive. And yeah, if you want something, someone far more eloquent than me, there was this um, music critic for the New York Times and he said that the Cars musical style, uh, they have taken some important but disparate contemporary trends, punk minimalism, the labyrinthine synthesizer and guitar textures of art rock, the 50s rockabilly revival and the melodious terseness of power pop and mix them into a personal and appealing blend. Yeah, I I, I think that's, that's true. So because I hadn't listened to all seven albums <laughs> before I came mm-hmm. on here, I didn't know whether I would find them overrated or not. So I think ne- neither of us are coming in here with a fixed opinion right it, it, this is really mm. a band that we're both exploring hopefully through this playlist and and we'll see what the conclusions are at the end i deliberately left up drive and best friend's girl because i thought well fran will probably know them so that's, that's i always kind of thought drive was a strange track so, so yeah so a lot of people i think my age they think of drive as being like the car sound like we're not aware mm. that that isn't really what the cars sound like i mean it's not even the main singer is it it's ben or the bassist and he is the probably the most charismatic, good-looking member of the band. Good-looking. I did not know what he looked like. And Man, Rick, is he a Rick, being a guy in his late thirties, forties, did not look like a quintessential frontman of a of a band. So, I did not realise that they shared vocal duties until uh, mm. until doing this. If yeah, this is something I, I've noticed, like. Were they one of the first bands to have that 80s voice everyone seems to copy? Because no band these days would sing like this. Oh, it was yeah. very David yeah. and Brian and, like, Harry's and everyone seemed to then have that way of singing. It's like, were they signing bands of that voice or was all the people wanting to sound? Well, no. I, well, I've got some facts about 
kind of maybe why they were so successful because they didn't sound like anyone yeah, else so, on the label. Yeah, I knew Driver, and I was kind of thought it was strange that Drive was the the Live Aid anthem because there's a. F- it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It came, like when they're showing the footage of the famine, they were playing over top of it. Drive. I, I, I'm pretty sure that that getting home is the least of the worries in Ethiopia. <laughs> but I, I think the cars also suffer from what Japan suffer hmm. from, which is their name sounds like other things. Uh, for the longest time, I associated cars with Gary Newman. Uh-huh. Because that that was his song, and also the fact that their most famous song is called Drive, I think actually is quite confusing. But yeah, and then I think like Best Friends Girl, I've heard in maybe films, and I think a couple a couple of car songs have been in like American films. Um, but what mm. I found very interesting was that like I knew Rick, I can't pronounce his surname. I'm, I think it's Okasek, but again, it's he's Czech. Yeah. It's probably not that. I, yeah, I, sorry, guys. I knew him as a producer, so it was very interesting to find out that he only produced their last album. Like, he didn't produce any of our albums, which is kind of weird why he would then become, like, the, the 90s to go to producer. Because he produced, what, Weezer, Nada Surf, um, The Wanna Dies. I did not know any he of those He tried apps. to um, produce Hanson's second album, but then quit. <laughs> <laughs> Too deeperish for him. He became, me. like, this mega producer. So I thought, oh, he must have been, like, all over cars, like, producing, writing, singing. But yeah, like, their first six albums are not produced by Rick. Mm-hmm. Bizarrely, for a band who are this big, there's no actual documentary. So I watched, like, a VHS copy of a 1982, like, interview documentary. And right. it's mainly talking to Elliot about him changing his hand. Because he's a, a right-handed guitar player, and then his manager told him to play left-handed because it looked good on stage. Wow. So he learned to play left-handed so that he was facing one way and then Rick was facing the other way, like the Beatles. Oh, wow. It's like a marketing thing. And like, yeah, he and it's all about, you know, his background and like surf music and and the blues and stuff. But um, then I watched uh, an interview in the 90s, must have been just before um, Ben Ben died. And they are not what you call a laugh. It doesn't surprise me because their music is quite layered, right? Like Mm. it's quite... It's not necessarily exacting. What's the word I'm trying to find? Like, I feel like every song has a kind of slightly different synth sound, right? It's 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 never the same, and and the way it's constructed is also different every time. So yeah, but I guess they kind of have some party sort of songs. But but I I also read that they were not great live. People said they never moved on stage at all. Ah, uh, well, I posted a car song in uh, God's Jukebox, and one of my followers said that um his first concert was the shake it off tour and i said oh you know how was it and he said you know my memory's uh, not what it used to be but i really enjoyed it <laughs> but i guess if you've got the songs you can you can do it but yeah but i know they weren't like a a, a around the stage and doing spins for guitars kind of band but then again what is also interesting about the 80s is that you could have a band who are in their 40s and be like a top 10 band which would never happen mm-hmm. now like phil collins was a sex symbol in the 80s and you know and yeah like they're all born in the mid 40s they all had like a whole life before they even were in the cars and you can mm-hmm. never apart from maybe future islands it's very rare you have a new band who are like over 30. i can't think of an example off the top of my head yeah it's a bit like cheap trick but i do like i, I do like that you know back in mm-hmm. those days it wasn't all about the image i guess they kind of started just before mtv so mm-hmm. it was still about the music yeah but i enjoyed the playlist and i learned a lot and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting into it. Right, and let's do that. Overrated. So my first pick is just what I needed from their debut album, The Cars. 
I picked this because I got, for some reason, I, I don't know why I went to listen to the Cars debut album. Like, I, I don't know what took me there, but that's that's what I really discovered this album. And I got really obsessed with this song and the other song from that album on this place, which we'll come to. They were even in my Spotify wrapped that year as kind of my most played songs. I think I like it because I, and I think I'm going to be saying this a lot, I really like the way it builds. So it starts pretty guitar focused, then instruments come in, and then there's a hit of harmony, then the guitar, and then the synths. And I think it really is a good introduction to the car sound. They mix pop, rock, and electro sensibilities. I really like the, when he says, it's not the ribbons in your hair and the harmonies come in. I think that's genuinely beautiful, countered with the, I need someone to bleed as a quite sinister line. Yeah, <laughs> the, I, I, I put down Army Hammer. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was thinking like a woman on her period, but you know, like. <laughs> And I think cannibalism. This is how we think. <laughs> and and that wise, we are two <laughs> two great and compatible podcast presenters. I think this song shows that they're clear trendsetters. There's this snifter of seventies guitar, seventies influence, but they're making a new type of music for the time. And the the drummer David Robertson, he he talked about how they use technology, and he said we'd always get the latest stuff from music stores, even if it would be obsolete in one or two months. It reached the point where I'd have ten or twelve foot switches to hit during a short set. And yeah, you know this album sold six million records, and they were signed with Electra, and both Arista and Electra tried to sign them. And I, what you know, I was telling you about the signing, like Electra were were not as new wave have, new wave heavy as Arista was, so I think that let the cars kind of stand out more and yeah the, again the drummer Robinson said you know in a lecture they had the Eagles and Jackson Brown and along comes this crazy Boston band who wanted a black and white photo collage on their cover because they actually didn't like the album cover mm. I think this is a really catchy and catching you by surprise kind of song that is uh, cleverer than you think on first listen yeah so when I saw the title I thought I didn't know it but when I heard the chorus yeah I must have heard this in like films and stuff so mm-hmm. yeah it's got Ben singing um, I'm surprised he wasn't a front man. Is it called Rick Fox of Songs? Is that why? You... I don't know. Ben is like I I only maybe like an hour and a half before uh, before doing this did I see what he looked like because I saw that he had a solo album and a song mm. and I was like, oh my god, like this man is gorgeous. And rest in peace, Ben. He died yeah. so, so so young from so cancer. young yeah. in 2000 as well, mm. such a long time ago. So yeah, I mean, I would have to say I apologize to the cars because I always assumed that. A lot of these American bands like the Cars stole from like Talking Heads and British New Wave, but they mm-hmm. they predated that sound. Yeah, they it? did. And this sound is pretty much the new wave sound for the next few years. That downward stroke sort of bass string sort of like dun 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 sort of like beat. It sounds like Split Ends I Got You. Yes. That became like the, the new wave sound. And I think they must be the ones who kind of you know, pushed that forward. Um, so yeah, I... I was, I was surprised if it's a 1978. Mm-hmm. I I love the Moog being high mix. That's one thing I do like about the cars, just that they do give space for the keyboardist and he can really... Oh, and, and, and yeah, and it's often very simple hooks, mm. but it makes the song. It If it was very often on car songs, if it was just guitars, drum and bass, it would be good, but it, it adds a whole, it takes it kind of somewhere else, I think. Listen to the interview, they do not like to be compared to like Blondie or Talking Heads or Punk. They said we're definitely not a post-punk band. But bands never do, do yeah. they? Like it's got a great chorus, and also this album spawned um, "Best Friends Girl." So I, looking at it, I think this would be a album I should probably check out because I think this is the sound that I like. I think you really should. But mm. again, going on to my next pick, 
I think the next one is also one you should check out. So my next pick is Night Spots from their second album, Candio. I, yeah, again, I, I thought I didn't know this song, but I must have. And the reason that I, I picked this is because I, I think it's a really fun and elegant song about going out. He makes going out dancing sound very attractive. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's this kind of wonky start in the verses. And then it goes into a more melodic chorus, but in, in a way that works. And there's these kind of ambulance synths going on in the background. There's a very groovy bass line. And there's the, I called it, yeah, the David Byrne, Brian Ferry delivery style. Which, uh, which I quite enjoyed. And I picked this because, you know, their debut album was so popular. This was only a year later. And while there's definitely like melodic sensibilities, it's not particularly commercial, I think. You mm. can tell that there's still, and I mean, the other song I picked from this album, even less so. But I quite admire the fact that they seem to be having fun they seem to still be very experimental with their synth sound and it's it is the uh, the car sound but they're not compromising anything i think yeah this was uh, left off the debut because i thought it would it didn't fit you mm. can kind of see why it's weird because it has elements of things i like um but it doesn't work for me too much um i enjoyed the, the robot backing vocals um mm. Um, Elliot gets a show off his guitar skills. I do mm-hmm. feel a bit sorry for him because he's a fucking amazing guitar player, and a lot of the time I feel like he's pushed to the back of the band. Class. Or like, yeah, the guitar solo is for a very short period of time. <laughs> mm, yeah, he gets like, yeah, ten seconds, go, and that's it. See ya, see you later, Elliot. Um, but yeah, it, it's got some nice elements, but it doesn't re- really work for me as a song. So I can see why it, it wasn't a big hit. I think you need to listen to the lyrics on this one because lyrics. him saying, ooh, how you shake me up and down when we hit the night spots on the town. Do, 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 do. Uh, I, I really like the lyrics. I know, Again, of course, I didn't pay attention to them until I had to do this podcast. But so can you imagine him out dancing, Rick? I can imagine him being the old creepy guy. in oh, the really? not, not, not necessarily creepy, but like, you know, the kind of much older dude in a, in a group. I mean, his wife was a lot younger than him. So, yeah, he's he's not the the most um obviously attractive guy but i think if you're if you're a singer in a rock band mm. you're gonna be a pussy magnet aren't you if you want to be <laughs> and yeah he married a you know yeah an 18 year old supermodel that he met in his music video which is very classic 70s yeah. rock star behavior I, okay yes i i do really like the music i think unlike you but it is the lyrics that make this for me because he says you go to dancing in the dim lit club some pressure cooker crawls up on his knees flashing sensation like a one-on-one stomping around in the jitterbug breeze i just it really is very visual for me i do like the word jitterbug jitterbug is a great one apart from wham who else has mentioned jitterbug uh yeah again off the top of my head i i can't think about the jitterbug breeze right that sounds like a dance move but can you imagine that's such an old man word. So, hi girls, uh, is there any cool night spots around? <laughs> that, that's it, but that's it, night spots. I'm just like, this is a man singing a song from like, yeah, what was it, nine years before I was born. But I'm like, yeah, fucking Rick, let's hit the fucking night spot. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I I really like this. Okay, so this one is is not so much for me, but maybe, maybe the next one is. So, you know, so when I listened to Candio, I felt... Well, with none of their albums did I feel the same instant connection as I did with their, with their debut album. But with both Candio and the next album, Panorama, I pretty much liked all the songs on first listen. Like it was it was instant for me. And my my next pick is called Down Boys. And it's from 1980. So, you know, it's uh, it's it's their third album in three years. And again, I'm amazed that it, it again sounds less commercial than than their other stuff. Like I really feel like they're sticking to their guns. 
And I picked this because, yeah, I I really like the B-52's Theremony synth. You know, it, it, this song I think is not too dissimilar from, from the two previous songs. I He's got a very snotty attitude. The opener, which is, you were trying to be cute and it didn't work out. It's just like, all devastating. And um, and the lyrics, like, it basically sounds like they're teenage boys practicing negging. He says, you can't make it with the damn boys. They don't hear a word you say. You can't make it with the damn boys. Just stay out of their way. And it's like, Jesus, all right, calm down, mate. Like, how old is he here? Who, who knows? But uh, I like the sound. I like the attitudes. And... And yeah, I thought this represented that pretty well. What did you think? Well, I mean, I don't want to meet a down boy. They sound nasty. <laughs> yeah, what is it? Is it like a hollerback girl? Are they yeah. in the same family? <laughs> hey, Fran, you can't hang out with me. You're not a down boy. <laughs> down boy. Oh, but they're clearly talking about a girl. And they're talking about her being hysterical as well, which I was like, ugh, yuck. Um, it's just like one of the only albums about a hot girl on the cover. On the cover. Yeah, it's like a, a black and white a checkered flag from the you know from the formula one because i said yeah the the, the album company forced them to have like the uh, the, the girl on the, on the front cover of the first album yeah but then they seem to continue the theme for quite a long time so alberto vargas did that album did the candy album cover and then he also did um heartbeat city you don't really know much of devo that catalog i do not know much of devo. so the keyboard sound on this is devo that and who yeah. came who came first uh, so is this 80? So I think Devo top um, pipped them to this. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I instantly thought, oh, hello Devo. Um, I like the chiming guitar licks. Um, I, I like Ben singing. I think he's a better singer than Rick. Although I think it's a bit too messy and hasn't got the greatest chorus. But it did make me want to listen do, to more Do you know Devo. why you don't think it has a good chorus, Frank? Because you're not making it with the damn boys. That's true. If I was a damn boy, I'd fucking love this shit. Yeah. Alas, alas, I, I'm sorry, uh, because. That's okay. But what I found interesting is that for me, that Panorama isn't that big a jump. Like, yeah, probably not as commercial, but it's not that big a jump from, from the first two albums. But Rolling Stone called it an out-and-out drag. <laughs> and <laughs> how it is, guys. Yeah, but I really like Rick's attitude. So Rick said about this album... I believe the cars have something to contribute. You have to remember, we've only been together for three albums. I'd be really ashamed if we didn't go way beyond where we are now. I wouldn't offer anything we've done so far as an indicator of what we may sound like later. He's just like, yeah, we're just doing our thing, pushing some boundaries and, and okay, yeah. Hey, podcast lovers. Now available, a new podcast experience featuring exclusive miniseries like Food Faves and all new series that takes a fun look at everyone's real first true love, food. Milky Way Marvels, a lighthearted astronomy series where we explore the fascinating wonders of our galaxy. Pop culture icons, an entertaining, nostalgic look back at various nouns in popular culture, plus more. Relax, enjoy, listen, laugh, and maybe even learn. Podcast, presented by Sonic Embassy. Now streaming everywhere you listen. Access quick links to your favorite places to listen now at solo.to slash Sonic Embassy. So I think that like um, Elliot uh, and Rick were in a band um, previously and they were like a, like a Neil Young sounding band. Completely wow. different. But again, if you haven't had success in one genre, the best thing to do is to completely you know, do the opposite, isn't it really? So yeah, and I also, I also, said, I also found it interesting that the band said like, the most exciting thing they did was to move to England to make the first album, because to them, like England was pushing the new music, and they thought that helped them out. 
I'm not surprised because I, well, you've, you've lived in the US, right? What I feel is like the US has amazing music, but music doesn't permeate society in the same way that it does in the UK. Mm. I, I really feel, you know, you know, having lived in different countries as well, like music is everywhere and, and everything. I know very few British people who are disinterested in music, whereas I, I know quite a few Brits who are. And I think they said like, because of Bohemian Rhapsody, they knew that this producer could, could, would be happy doing like a non-commercial sound. Oh wow! Oh, that is very interesting. American capitalism getting in the way already <laughs> of uh, of what they wanted to sound. Well, like. I guess yeah, America's just too big. I guess, and back in no before the internet, like it takes so long to hear a, a new a new a new song, a new, a new band. So you know, in in England, we're smaller. We're all on top of each other. So yeah. a new song or new band can tour and the whole of the UK would know it in like a, a week or two. You can't do that in America. So it does make sense that the UK was was pushing things faster because of of the, of, of the space. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, definitely an interesting an interesting sound, but not the best, not the greatest song. Okay, well, we're going on to another album next. So, uh, you know, for, for the first few songs, I've gone chronologically. So we're on Shake It Up from 1981. And uh, I didn't warm immediately to this album until I listened to this song, A Dream Away, which was track six. So, you know, I've listened to it a couple of times and I like the second half more, but I do think it's an album that needs more listens. Whereas the first three chimed with me immediately. This one, this one took a bit longer. And maybe because it's here, the sound is changing. You know, this song specifically, it's a little dreamier. Ha ha ha. Um, there's less guitars, there's more keyboards, and there's more kind of experimental vocal stylings. And, you know, I quite like the ethereal nature. It feels like a natural evolution uh, of their sound, which is which is also why I picked this, like, you know, I don't think you're surprised that this sound comes from a band that three years later did Drive, right? But uh, but for that for that album specifically, I definitely need a, need a few more listens. And, you know, I think maybe if I listen to it two or three more times, I pick a different song, but... This one was uh, one that I really liked. It sounds like a drum machine. Oh yeah, you reckon? Yeah, and I think later on that he came out as it. Um, Robinson came out to say mm-hmm. that he wasn't being used, which is why I think <laughs> like a... on the later album in '87 that they returned to the the normal drum sound because I think they were experimenting mm-hmm. so much that he was basically being put to the side, and mm-hmm. I think they they were using more electronic drums rather than a, you know, a... which makes sense because mm-hmm. again they're innovators and this is '81, right? So. Again, it sounds like a song that's later. I, I think every song that I've picked so far sounds like it would be later uh, because of their specific sound. But no, this is we're still in the early eighties. The guitar playing is like slow, casual mm-hmm. strokes. Um, it it's long. It's a long track, and it mm-hmm. seems to loop around for a long time. And there's a bit of it's edit. a dream away though. There's a bit of edit doing some some uh, noodling um, low in the mix. Um, but the lyrics are fucking weird. Like. Oh, no- I did. I didn't look at them. Tell me. I think yeah. One, one, one of the looks is chicken encounters for your bowls. What? They had some ramen or something or some the lovely chicken dish that they wanted to. <laughs> well, I guess if it's a dream away, it, it well, could be weird dreams that they're having, right? Yeah, I guess you know, in your dreams, you can have a chicken encounter. <laughs> why not? A chicken encounter. Why not? I'm looking at my cat right now. I think she would love to have a, a chicken encounter. Moving along to a song uh, which I know very well, but had forgotten that this was a cast. So this is Hello Again from Heartbeat City 1984. My dad played it all the time and I hadn't realised it was the cars or kind of had forgotten that it was the cars again because mm-hmm. there's this link. I asked Paolo for his views and he says, 
this song makes you want to move and shake and dance. It's just so catchy. And I haven't tired of it roughly 40 years later. So unlike him, love you, dad. But I included this because I think it's a bit annoying. Uh, in the same vein, actually, as Best Friend's Girl, I don't really like Best Friend's Girl because he goes, my best friend's girlfriend. And that's that's a bit annoying. Maybe it's because, bless him, Paolo played this all the mm. bloody time. But it's straying more into kind of clear pop. And I don't really like that. I like the fact that pop is an element, but not the whole of the car songs, where this feels like more standard electro pop. Have you seen, seen the video? I have seen the video okay, and no. sent it to my dad, who'd never seen it before, and was like, what? Because uh, Andy Warhol directed it and is in it. And he's yeah. playing a bartender, and there's a guy with a snake and some what pretty is ladies. The fuck is what happening? is going on? But yeah, what do you think of it <laughs> and the video? Yeah, never heard this before. Obviously, this is a, a, a move from Baker to Mutt Lang, the mm. guy famous for um, Death Leopard, I guess. Aerosmith as well, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, Andy Warhol, even cameos. Uh, as a bartender and badly lip syncs yeah. to the song yeah and it's got lots of awkward dancing and uh, a chat show about gratuitous sex and violence don't know why um some aw- awful kissing sequences of mm, people mm-hmm. who've not kissed before and uh, <laughs> and yeah but but to move on to the music um yeah it's, it's it's funkier than maybe before i thought you i thought because paolo liked this you might like this because you are the melody men so. <laughs> that is our band that's like... yeah <laughs> oh, oh please please for the band my dad can play the piano so welcome you know. to the melody men oh i would pay good money for that yeah so it's got like a bass sort of keyboard sound it sounds a bit like a frog that makes sense it's got a very eccentric 80s production but it has a catchy chorus and i do think i like a lot it of gets songs. stuck in your head yeah i think i like a lot of songs with hello in the title you got you got <laughs> lionel you got hello goodbye by the beatles hello ladies and gentlemen by cheap trick former podcaster um hello by adele and hello by oasis sans the gary glitter lyrics um but yeah so i quite enjoy, i quite enjoyed this you just like being greeted by your favorite bands. Yeah, more bands need to say hello. Yeah. So yeah, I think because you know I didn't really know what the the cars would sound like. I I have included songs that I didn't like so much because precisely we're exploring right if they're if they're everyone underrated. But yeah, the reason I included this is because I thought you might like it, but I knew that I didn't. So have a bit of a clash. Yeah, it's uh yeah I do like a I do like a frog uh, keyboard sound. And I did like a catchy chorus. This did hit me hard. So um, if people want to get Fran, you know, mm, a cameo or something like that, these are the requests that you have to put into the musician. And the uh, the Melody Men will be making a new album next year. The Melody Men's first cover will be Hello Again. With a lot of frog-related keyboard sounds. <laughs> uh, will you sample the frog chorus by Paul McCartney? Yeah, just it, to it'll be sung in pure Portuguese by Paul <laughs> Cannot wait to send this to my dad. (laughs) So, you know, so far I've gone sequentially, but I I didn't want to just do it kind of by by year. So we're back again at their debut with You're All I've Got Tonight. And I will say that for now, this is maybe my favourite Cars song, probably because of the way it's constructed. You've got, as with just what I needed, guitars, then synths, then the harmonies, then the keyboard comes in to, to build the chorus. I really like the desperation in his voice of just like, Mm -hmm. fucking let me have some sex. And I think the harmonies here are are at their best. Uh, It's very like my notes are very similar to just what I needed, but I think this song edges it because I, I really 
feel it through the way that he's singing. It, I, I can really believe that, you know, he basically is happy to let a woman beat him up <laughs> to have some. Do yeah. you agree? Well, I mean, I'm surprised this was not a single. But then again, I think Elliot said that the first album is basically a greatest hits. It could be a greatest hits. And yeah, yeah you've got like, tribal sort of drums at the start of it. After Hello being overly produced, this is nice to hear the original sound with the uh, the straightforward like Moog sounds. Edit gets to cut loose. I love the driving bass. Driving bass is good. We haven't really mentioned bass, but mm, the, mm. the bass lines are often very good with the cars. I think I prefer the rawer sound. Um, I like the layered vocals from the chorus. Uh, it's, it's a little bit Talking Heads, although they are not fans, but I can imagine Talking Heads do the song. Yes. Especially vocally and the lyrically. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Thank you. Yeah. Wow. For once, I'm just, I'm just surprised that we're agreeing. Um, Fran, you can mock me and I don't care. You can rock me just about anywhere, and you know that's that's absolutely fine. But you can't bump, pump me or bump me. I'm not we're not we've not reached but that stage. In we our may not agree on the next fucking song. <laughs> what the fuck is this about? <laughs> Hello, Shooby Doo. All right, Shooby Doo from Candio once again. So I wanted to include this because this is clearly the cars that the most experimental, and I can tell right now that you're not going to agree with the next few sentences that I say. This song basically starts with. Uh, what I call robots having sex Mm -hmm. it is basically they were like hey guys let's get all the synth sounds that we can put them all together and you know have a really weird pleading voice and have a one minute 38 song which ends with him screaming don't tell me what to do I also put this because I think this song more than any shows what you say of they were the uh, one of the the first people to do this kind of mm. I've put the dark wave voice right mm. the 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 sound of weird electro that still exists with us today mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and is there and I personally wish they'd done a lot more of this like I I'm really like the fact that this didn't get cut out of Candio I would have loved loads loads of more weird shit like this Fran <laughs> yeah it's weird and it's like although listening to it on the vinyl, I believe this like is blended into other songs. Yeah, it, uh, hmm. so the way that it starts, like it starts with the ending of the previous song. Yeah, it's like an urgent, weird nightmare. There's like, there's <laughs> yes, like it is, an, yeah. an anxious vocal delivery. Oh, damn it, what to do? Is he angry about an ex called Sue? I don't know. Oh, who <laughs> I don't knows? Know. But it's yeah, a fever dream. It's got, it's got like a phone ring in the background. I, I can believe it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I can believe it, but to be honest, I don't know, even though the song is in my head, I know it because there's so many other fucking sounds going on. I'm happy, like, so... I'm glad you're happy. <laughs> guys, I'm happy today. I'm so happy you're happy. <laughs> it might be the rum, but, um... <laughs> hello. <laughs> um, so... Hello again. Hello oh, again. Love hello. Oh, bloody hell, right. <laughs> so, t- to me, I thought, like, the Cars were a, a classic rock band cashing in on the new wave success. Which I did see a lot like Yes, for example, like they were not a new wave band. But then like when the eighties happened, they thought, oh, we need to change the sound. I thought the cars were that sort of band. I thought the cars were like a classic rock band who then like the stole the sound of like the police talking heads to get success. I was wrong, because you know, they 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 you know, predated a lot of those those bands. So I, I apologize to cars. <laughs> You've apologized to the cars a lot this evening, so yeah. <laughs> So it's cool that they were still experimenting by the second album because obviously they had a big, a lot of success on the first album, and it's nice that this exists. This to me would be a B side, mm-hmm. but 
the fact that it's so short means that it's fine for the album because you know it works as a a a palate cleanser between two songs yeah it, i mean i thought if anything it is mm. it is one minute 38 and he can listen to it once or twice and, and then be mm-hmm. done with it but no but i i I don't know any cars B-sides or, or anything like that, but I wonder how many more songs they have like this because I would be very into an album of this. You, obviously, you have to be in a certain mood. And I think, as you say, it does work very well because precisely it is a, an interlude between two songs. But mm. uh, yeah. Well, we're going back to more commercial at the cars. So my, my next pick is we're back at Heartbeat City, back in 1984 with Why Can't I Have You? And I picked this because, again, as the other many other songs from this era we're moving away from guitars but here i don't think it's in a good way right i like the verses but i don't like the chorus and that's unlike so many of the other songs that i've picked and i think with the cars very often the verses are quite diametrically opposed to the choruses but somehow they make it work because you know they either build in songs or they have a hook that's really catchy but this song i i think is kind of let's say like the worst not the worst but the worst of of the cars I will also say that the verses sound exactly, and I, yeah, I realize I, I should have kind of sent this to you exactly, exactly like the French artist Sebastian Tellier and his album Sexuality. Like, literally, pick any song from Sexuality, it sounds exactly like this. And that album was produced by Daft Punk. Wow. So that was very interesting to be like, to get that hit. And I have absolutely heard this before in uh, in the nearer past. I know one song by Sebastian. Is... La, La Ritournelle? Yeah, beautiful. A beautiful ah, music. I, so I've seen Sebastian Tellier live twice. I cried both times he mm. played that song. Anyway, so yeah, so this is what I thought the cars were. So Exactly, right? Yeah, we've got like a drum machine. We've got classic rock guitars. This could be Chicago. It's got overdub backing singers. It's a cheese fest and the lyrics even say baby. And I don't like any song with the word baby in it, really, to be fair. Okay, How so hello, tick. Baby, no. Oh, I'm, no. Listen, I came of age as Baby one more time. Uh, well, yeah, that, that's fine. But any band you say, Baby, maybe. Yeah. Oh, I don't, I don't no. know. Well, unfortunately, the only other person I can think of is Justin Bieber at the moment. The <laughs> baby, baby, no, baby. Thank you. No, thank you. So annoying. But uh, no, I will not go down the baby, tr- the baby train. The baby train. <laughs> the, baby train. <laughs> the baby train. No, no, no. I, I, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. Okay. So yeah, this, I was happy that you don't like the song because yeah, this was what I I kind of expected the uh, the, core, the whole playlist to be, yeah, right? The core car song, what the car's um, uh, music was this sort of like meandering 80s rock, but. Exactly. And I think Heartbeat City is the most overrated Cars album. So this one like Shake It Up, like I, I it didn't gel with me immediately. And I found it interesting because I found like a, a quote by this writer called Robert Criscow, which said, the glossy approach the Cars invented has made this the best year for a but the best year for pure pop in damn near 20 years. And it's only fair that they should return so confidently to form, which is like, that's kind of the total opposite. I feel like <laughs> that is someone who doesn't know slash doesn't like the cars after this. And is like, oh yeah, this is much more my scene. But I mean, we're on album, what, five, mm. right? So in a way, again, kind of respect to you for only going more pop at this stage. And clearly it resonates with a lot of people, but yeah, not with me. This was like a three-year gap between Shake shake, shake Away. Oh, God, yeah, I keep calling it the wrong thing. Yeah, is it Shake Away or Shake It Off? Yeah, Shake It Off is, uh, is, is Taylor Swift. Sorry, Shake It Up. Shake was it that up. not as successful? Because sometimes bands will just do more of a pop album because they want to get success again. I think Shake It Up was more successful than Panorama. Really? I, I don't know by, by album numbers, but 
Panorama, I think, was a little bit slated. Because obviously changing producers also means mm. a band who are, who, are a bit, who, are in, who are concerned about where they're going. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, and I think uh, Mutt isn't really into like weird. Like, I don't think Mutt would have would ever produced a song with Shubidu, to be fair. <laughs> and if he did, I'm sure it would be great. <laughs> so, yeah, so moving on to the, the final original uh, card album. Oh, well, well, the original lineup, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, with the original, yeah. So, I've picked Door to Door from Door to Door. And I've picked this, unfortunately, because I feel it's slightly diminishing returns as, as we move on. But I've, of course, five albums in 10 years is a really impressive achievement. And I picked this one because I found it interesting that they've brought back the guitars, but I think slightly unsuccessfully. I I don't like the guitars, especially the guitar solo. Whereas normally, you know, it's like a little hint, and it, it adds a flourish, and you enjoy it. Here, here, I I don't like it. And um, all music agrees with me because they say with humdrum rhythms and cloudy melodies replacing any hint of pop depth, this is not good. But so. is that the album or is that the, the, the album? Oh, okay. The album as well as the song. So, do you know the band Onga Bongo? I do know the band Onga Bongo. Yeah. So, that vocal delivery is very much Rick, isn't it? I don't know Onga Bongo well enough to be like, mm. Mm, yes, well, stroke I mean, my chin hair. But Danny yeah. Elfman, obviously, I think his, <laughs> but he's borrowed a lot of that sound from the cars, um, hearing the cars on this. Um, so, to me, it sounds a bit like Onga Bongo. So, I, I think it's a fun American new wave band. Um, mm-hmm. But I quite enjoyed this. Oh, okay. Well, there we go. I'm glad. Apparently, it was a return to the original sound because they wanted mm-hmm. to have have live drums and a higher guitar sound in the mix. Um, it's got like a stampede urgent drum sound. It's quite, it's less meandering, and I think I think I quite enjoyed it. I'll say you might you might enjoy this album. Yeah, I, I thought it's, I thought it's, this could have been a hit, but I guess it wasn't because they, they broke they broke up the year later, didn't they? Yeah, I think you know, reading about it, it's kind of like his heart wasn't really in it anymore. Mm. Rick Ocker said, and he'd done like a, a solo album by by yes, Emotion yeah. in Motion, which uh, again is owned by my parental unit. Is it is it any good on the hardest side of stuff? Well, what my dad told me was said it's too melodic for you for me. So oh. probably Fran, you would enjoy. it Come on, guys! Don't you put me in the box? So for for a fellow melody man, yes. For <laughs> I don't know the the harmony discord over here, uh, no. Okay, so yeah, so I quite, quite enjoyed Door to Door. Okay, Door to Door. Well, then I'm intrigued to hear what you think of the last song. Um, so after a 25-year break, mm. <laughs> I wonder what the record is. Do you know what the record is for kind of longest period between well, bands releasing albums? Um, Psychedelic Furs brought mm-hmm. out an album last year, and that was 30 years. Wow. I guess my my bloody Valentine would it be similar? I know, but maybe there's maybe like ninety in two thousand and eighteen or something. But now I thought I would feel similarly about this album as I did to Door to Door, but I picked the song Blue Tip because I love it. I think Mm. it's somehow very the cars, but also there's a kind of mid two thousands indie electro dance punk whatever you want to call it vibe, especially the drums, Mm. and I think it's a really impressive achievement. His voice sounds still really good. It was produced by Jack Knife Lee, who mm-hmm. produced a lot of people, including Reasonless Treason by Sabian, by the way, if we want to oh. keep linking to the kind of previous podcasts. Yeah, I, I really like this song. And looking at the critics, people are like, this should have been a, a smash. And mm. I think so. But yeah, do you agree? This, this, this might shock you. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think this sounds like Elastica. You think this sounds like Elastica? <laughs> I know. Whoa. But for delivery. 
And the keyboard sound sounds like like Elastica to me. I know Elastica stole from like a lot of new wave bands, like Stranglers, for example. So it, it kind of makes sense. Oh, are you calling Stranglers new wave? J- JJ Burnell is going to come and well, karate chop you. <laughs> so, well, No More Heroes was kind of post punk, I guess. No, I, th- of course, they have th- those mm. elements. I'm just saying they mm. might not. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, like yeah, I actually really enjoyed this, and I was shocked yeah, that it's 2011. It's great, it? Yeah, I mean, like Rick was like 68 when he delivered his vocal. Never that, that. that is yeah. amazing mm. amazing uh and yeah i love i don't know if you read about how you know in 97 rick was like we're never gonna reunite <laughs> he, he yeah, literally yeah, said yeah. i'm saying never and you can count on that but yeah there was like a partial reunion in 2005 because yeah the elliot he toured with todd rundgren mm, the new cars. Um, as the new cars exactly and i i quite like the fact that so ocasek tr- wanted to call the album move like this because the band's reputation is that they don't move very much on stage I'm like that's that's quite funny but yeah it really surprised me like I I would say okay a bit difficult now because you know these later albums kind of blend into one on listening but I probably enjoyed this album more than Door to Door which maybe isn't so surprising because you know like I said Door to Door it was fifth album in, in 10 years and the band was sick of each other and here they'd had a substantial break and as you say uh you know Rick was was producing but I'm I'm amazed with that this as an achievement yeah no yeah I, I thought it was, it was awesome i'm surprised i didn't know about this because like in 2011 i was very much into music so i, and I would definitely would listen to the cars but um yeah a great a great climax to the playlist oh happy to make you climax fan and <laughs> uh hey um yeah so my feelings having meticulously gone through all the albums the cars are not overrated they do have quite a lot of monthly listeners 5.6 million monthly listeners that's high which is which is high, but I'm like they were they were the innovators, they were the trendsetters, they were fusing rock and electro. I think in a way that I don't know that many bands were doing it in that time. You know, we've mentioned the Talking Heads and the Roxy Musics, but who else? I I really don't know. And I think you're not the only person who's going to have thought like, oh, they ripped people off rather than they were the ones helping originate the sound. I think the songs that they're best known for are My Best Friend's Girl, which I find annoying, and Drive, which is fine, but in the same way that Golden Brown doesn't represent the Stranglers, I don't think Drive adequately represents the car. So until more people know about Blue Tip <laughs> and you're like, all I've got tonight, cars, not overrated. I guess, so I'm, I'm looking at other bands of the same era and uh, to see how they... So Talking Heads get 7.5 million per month so they're higher than they are so they are lower than some of the other bigger bands of that era that's a lot for talking heads given the how few albums they sold as you mentioned right so looking at the stats that yeah they are beaten by most of their contemporaries so i thought they'd be higher than so um if you're looking at uk where they weren't really known like i don't ever hear the cars on the radio apart from the drive apart from drive basically um yeah they aren't drive they aren't a mid-temple, a mid-temple, a mid-tempo. Mid-temple. A mid-tempo. They are a cult, and you should follow them. <laughs> the... But no, you shouldn't. They, their lyrics are awful <laughs> most of the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not a mid-tempo, boring Americana band. They're, 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 they've got plenty of ideas. They've got a great synth player, great guitar players, a great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they all can play fantastically. Um. So yeah, go on then. Go on then. Yay! Oh, they, how pleasant. They are not overrated. Yeah, I don't. I don't think you can call them underrated because, uh, yeah, they clearly have a lot of fans and and following. But you know, it does surprise me that they have that many 
monthly listeners and followers when yeah as you say you don't really hear them and I think if you ask people like oh name songs by the cars like it would just be the main ones and that is the end of part one so we both kind of like the cars who'd have thought that they were more than dust who's gonna drive you home tonight if you want to chat to us about any 80s bands you want to hear or let us know anything to do with the podcast you can find us on twitter at OUMusicPod on instagram at OverUnderatedMusicPod or give us an email at OverUnderatedMusicPod at gmail.com but until then you just have to wait a few more days and you'll get part 2 with Indoshin Indoshin a band I should probably know how to say by now bye bye